Thank you, Lord. Come here, Betty. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you. I love you, God. Come on. This young lady right here, she came into this church a year ago, a little over a year ago, and the first time I saw her, there was just something about her. She was sitting right there behind Deborah, and I felt God tell me to tell her, and I just obeyed God, and I said, come over here. She came out, remember? First day she was in church. During prayer time, I called her out. I said, I don't know what it is that God has a heart for you, but he's great. I said, I don't even know you. You all remember that? Some of you are here, right? And I told her, I said, but whatever the enemy meant for evil, God said to tell you, he's going to make it good. And the enemy is going to be so sorry he messed with you. And that's the same thing today. And I can stand here and tell you the same thing. The enemy is going to be sorry. He messed with you. What God has for you, it will blow your mind if he could show you. But stay faithful. He will restore everything the enemy stole from you. Amen. Love you, God. Amen, amen, amen. You see, I cry a lot. So if you've noticed, I've already gone through like a whole box of cleaning. So just get ready. If you see me just crying, just that's me, okay? But it's so good to have everyone here tonight. Amen. Amen. Don't you all just feel the Holy Spirit here? For the last two months, we've been praying. We've been fasting. I just want to eat a steak. <laughs> we had a steak for two months. And why we've done all that was just to have you come today and tomorrow and feel the presence of God here. And God says some of you are just right at the very tip of what he has for you. And that what he's going to give you this weekend is going to tip you over into your destiny. Amen? So get ready! Get ready, get ready, get ready. As I was preparing this message, I'm telling you, my head was just bombarded with so much. And I'm going to try to put two messages into one, okay? Because this is the only time I'm going to speak this weekend. But I'll try. And I really, you know, believe God will, will bless you. The first thing I was telling God was as I was praying is, what do you have for your children? I said, no, my daughters. Okay. My daughters. And I started thinking about that. Do you know how cool it is to be God's daughter? Do you know how cool that is? I have one daughter, and she can get anything from my husband. All she just needs to do is raise up her voice a little bit, Daddy, Daddy. And he says, and she just, he just starts to shake. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? So I know the heart of a father towards his daughter. We are special in the eyes of God. God loves us. If you can understand that and comprehend how much God loves you, I'm telling you, you will not stop praying. Because anytime you're on your knees praying, he's like, what does my daughter want? And he's wanting to answer your prayers. He's wanting to give you your heart's desires. And the second thing God said to show you, just to 
get going before I go into my message was to let you know that you are the doorkeepers. You are the doorways of life. Nothing, no human being comes into this earth without coming through you. That's how important you are to God. To bring it from eternity into time, it has to come through the woman. Even God himself, when he wanted to come into this earth, he had to be born, was had to be a man. Born what? By a woman. That's how important you are. And that's why the devil has been after us right from the Garden of Eden. We were not created from dirt like the men were. We were already inside Adam when God decided to bring us out. And when we came out, everything was ready. We were the last thing God created. The fishes were there. The water was there. Everything was ready and made for us. And that's why we can't stand not having everything in place. Because God, that's just the truth. We don't like being insecure. We want to know what's going to happen. We like to feel safe. That's because when you came on the scene, everything was ready for you. You just came in and you were just supposed to enjoy that. And God made us special and gave us wombs, made us breasted to to carry life and to nurture. Now, the enemy can use that. Just like we can keep that baby inside our womb for nine months and give life and nurture that baby. And when it's birth, we put them on our chest and we nurse that baby and it grows. The same way the enemy will want to give you pain and hurt and disappointments and bitterness and unforgiveness. And you're just going to hold it close to you. You're going to nurture it. You're going to womb it and give birth to it. And when it's all said and done, you carry it, you put it on your chest and you nurse it. And that sucker grows and grows and grows and grows. And as long as a woman is breastfeeding, she, in the natural, she can never get pregnant. So as long as you're nurturing and just feeding that, whatever it is that's going on, the seed of God that he said from the very beginning, he said that seed of the woman is what's going to bruise the head of Satan. As long as you're nursing whatever it is, the seed that God wants to place inside of you can never give, give, take root. And that's what I'm going to challenge you tonight, this weekend. Whatever it is, it's time to say, you know what? I'm taking my thing inside my bobbies. You're ready. I'm letting you go. I won't nurse you anymore. I won't give birth to you anymore. Amen? And let it go. Please. Because God, this weekend, God is going to put some seed inside of you. It's going to be the beginning of new and great things in your life. But that thing that has been sucking your life out, you've got to let it go. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you tonight. Oh God, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful for what you're doing tonight. Thank you for your spirit that's already here. Father, I ask that you come in and just anoint every one of us. Go deep beyond our makeup, beyond our facade. Touch the very essence of who we are. Touch us in those places, in those areas that no one knows about. Father, we pray tonight 
Let a new work begin in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you have your Bibles, if you're here, just go to Luke chapter 13. I'm going to read two scriptures and then after we read the scriptures, I will push out and go into the deep and get to some um, deep truths from there. Amen. She's probably going to put it up here. Luke chapter 13 from verses 10 through 13. And I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, talking about Jesus. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, 18 years, and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Amen. The second, chap- uh, the second scripture I want to read is Ruth chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem, talking about Naomi and Ruth. And it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? But she said to them, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi? Since the Lord has testified against me, and the Lord Almighty has afflicted me. Going back to the first scripture about the woman who was bound by the spirit of infirmity for 18 years. It's a terrible thing when you are in trouble, right? It's a terrible thing to be in trouble, and even more terrible when you are in trouble and you are in church. Because when you are in church, you are not supposed to be in trouble, right? You are supposed to smile, put on your makeup, and pretend everything is good. Come to church. Hi, sister. It's so good to see you today. You're not supposed to be in trouble. So how does a woman come to church for 18 years and she's in trouble? How does that happen? If you read further down, she's called, Jesus calls her the daughter of Abraham. She loves God. She knows God. This woman is not an unbeliever. She knows the scripture. And she's in church whenever the doors are open. How can she be bound by a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. You tell me. How does that happen? How does that happen? Jesus said, the Bible says, it was a spirit. When you saw her, what you saw was somebody who was bent over. You probably thought she had arthritis. Or she had some kind of injury. But it was a spirit. It was a spirit, but she was in church for 18 years. So the question today, tonight is, what is that spirit that has kept you in whatever infirmity 
that we can't see, but it's been going on for 18 years. 18 years, and you are in church. Whenever the doors are open, you greet everybody, but it's a spirit. And what we do in most cases, we look for solutions, we do everything else, but address that spirit. We pray, we talk to our friends, we go see the doctor, which is probably what she did. I mean, for 18 years, you see as we go down, you see something, she probably did all those. But she was still bound by that spirit of infirmity. One thing you must realize, it's not, it's not men you're fighting. Our battle is never with men. Whatever is going on with you or whatever is going on in your life right now is the enemy trying to make sure you always stay down and you are never able to rise up above what God has for you. Whatever is going on now in your life, the only reason that thing is there is to make sure you don't fulfill the purpose, you don't get to the height God called and breathed into you when he created you. That's all it's about. So don't fight your husband. Don't fight that co-worker in the office or your boss. It's not about them. It's never about them. And once you understand that and learn how to fight your battles, you see beyond the natural. You see beyond what men can see. And you learn to address spirit. And you learn, learn to say, you spirit of infirmity, or you spirit of discord in my home, or you spirit of divorce, or you spirit of sickness and disease, you address that. And you don't start making enemies of people. Amen? The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritualities and powers. Amen? That was the first thing. The second thing was, the Bible says she could in no way raise herself. She could in no way raise herself. Like I was saying, obviously, when it says she could in no way, it means she tried this way, it didn't work. Then she tried another way, it didn't work. Then she went to the chiropractor, it didn't work. They told her, okay, do some physical therapy, it didn't work. She tried different things, but where she didn't need to go was to be in church. And that's what we do. I'm not saying that it's wrong to go to a doctor. When you have been diagnosed with terminal illness, I'm not saying don't take, do your chemo, don't take your medicine, but you must realize, like I said earlier, to fight how, where you should fight. And that's addressing that demon, that spirit that's trying to kill you, that's trying to make you always be bent over and never be able to get up. Amen? And then the funniest thing is, <laughs> is herself she couldn't raise. You know, when I was reading this and kind of studying it, I was, it just hit me. It didn't say she didn't raise other people. It was herself. And many, many times, women, we raise everybody else up. We tell our husbands it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. We tell our children they can do everything. Some of you just got that. <laughs> like, woo, what did she say? We tell our children, you know, you can make it. You know, come to mommy. Come to mommy. Kiss the boo-boo, right? We have our jobs in our places of work. We work like, you know, we give everything we have. 
We make our bosses look good. We make our co-workers look wonderful. And by the way, my nurse is here tonight. Evelyn, stand up. She makes me look good at work, tell people. This woman, we worked together now for 10 years, 10, 9, 10 years. Every day I go to work, I have cookies. She makes these best tea cakes. <laughs> she leaves them on my decks with bananas and water. She, just, she takes care of me. You are just, just, just help me to say her thank you, Evelyn. You may be seated. That's what we do. We, she makes me look good. You know, we do that for people. That's what women we do. We make everybody look good. But isn't it terrible that you can raise everybody else up? But you? You make everybody else look good. You pushed everybody into their destinies. But you remain bent over. You remain afflicted. The Bible says she could in no way raise herself. She probably, being a woman, I know she probably has a, had a family, had friends, had a husband. There are some times, women, we need to learn to take care of ourselves. We are bogged down with responsibilities and just going like robots, bleeding like dogs, but not taking the time to take care of ourselves. Fighting and fighting, but then dragging yourself and still fighting. God is saying it's time for you to take care of yourself. Take yourself out to dinner. If you don't have a man to take you out, if you don't have a friend to go with, take yourself out to dinner. Take yourself, go watch a movie. Look in the mirror, makeup. Do look and tell yourself, girl, you look good. You know? Take care of yourself because really. The Bible says you have to love your neighbor as you. How do you love your neighbor? As you love yourself. If you don't love yourself, if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to love me the right way. Right? So love yourself. Take care of yourself. Don't let everything about you be just always just pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring. Take time to fill everything up too. And just feel good about yourself, amen? She could in no way raise herself up. You know, it's we women, we can be critical, right? Sometimes we can be a little judgmental and critical. Yeah, that's just the truth. We can be sometimes. And you will look at this lady and say, well, for 18 years, goodness. You know, she could have done something, you know, 18 years. I mean, you know, but what do you do when you've done all you know to do and nothing happens. What do you do when life knocks you down and you've prayed and you've fasted and you've prayed and you've fasted some more and nothing changes? 
What do you do? When you go home and you turn on the computer and what hits you at your face is pornography that you never wanted in your home. What do you do? What do you do when you find out that your husband, who is a godly man, is smoking weed? What do you do? What do you do? When you've been happy, you never knew anything was going on, you come home and you are given a bill of divorce. What do you do? She wasn't lazy. She wasn't lazy. Life just knocked her out. But you know what she did? And what we should do is to never give up. No matter what life throws at you, it might take you a year to even get your thoughts together. It might take you two years to even begin to process what's going on. But baby, when you finally do, drag down your body with the pain, with whatever is going on, and find yourself in the house of God. Find yourself in the, at the feet of Jesus. And keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back knowing that God is faithful. And that one day, he's going to answer your prayers. And he's going to make things good. He's going to make things good. Verse 12 tells us, and Jesus saw her. Jesus saw her. You know, people will tell you they know you, but nobody really knows you, right? Say, I know her. Don't know anything. You don't know her. When it says here, Jesus saw her, he wasn't telling us he saw her, just a woman in the crowd. Oh, she's wearing purple, you know. No. He's telling you that Jesus saw where she was coming from. Saw the injury that made her to become what she is now. Saw where she could have been if not for that injury. Saw where she was going to go if he didn't touch her. All in that one look, he saw everything. And what he saw was so awesome, it made him to stop in the middle of his message. In the whole New Testament, only twice did Jesus stop his message to address someone in the crowd. This woman and the man with the withered hand. Only those two times. So for him to stop in the middle of a message and look at that woman the way he did, that was awesome. And I'm here to tell you tonight, God is looking directly at you right now. God is looking straight at you right now. You all look beautiful. If you come up here and see how you all look, different shades, every color, beautiful. Rainbow, beautiful. But if truth be told, and I tell everybody, stand up and tell us secrets that nobody knew, you won't be that beautiful. We hide it so well. Among us here, there are people that have been raped. Among us here, there are people that were molested by their fathers. Among us here, there are people that were molested by their brothers or their uncles. Among us here, there are women that have had abortions. Among us here, there are those dealing with alcoholism. Among us here, there are all kinds of things. And we think nobody knows. 
And we carry that pain. And we carry that hurt for years. And it's kept us bent over. We can't raise ourselves up. We can't move forward. Our life just seems so hopeless because of what somebody else has done to you. But God says to tell you tonight, He's looking at you. He sees you. He sees that pain that nobody else sees. He sees that hurt that was brought upon you. He sees that low self-esteem that you constantly fight because of what was done to you. And God said to tell you right now, today, this evening, He's focusing right at every single one of you. Isn't it wonderful? He didn't look at her when she was all straight and all good. Isn't it good that the one he focused on was the one that was all messed up? You know, we won't always clean ourselves up and look good and, you know, have it all together, then I'm going to go to the Lord. No. The one he focused on stopped his message and looked at was the one that was messed up. Was the one that was twisted and bent over. Couldn't even raise her head up. That was who he focused on. So don't let anything tell you you're not worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. You mean something to him. He loves you. No matter what happened, it wasn't his fault. He didn't mean for it to happen. And he can do something about it. He can do something about it. He saw her. He saw her. There's a story in the Bible in Genesis 29 about a man, a young man called Jacob. He went and met this lady, fine girl. She was named Rachel. Fell in love with her. And he went to the father, Laban, and said, I love this girl. I want to marry her. And he said, okay, I'm going to have you work for me for seven years. And after the seven years, I'm going to give you Rachel as a wife. And he did that. For seven years, he served and did everything he was to do. And after the seventh year, they had this big party and they got married. And in the night, he went into his wife. And in the morning, he found out it was the older sister, Leah, and not Rachel. Anytime I read that story, my thing is, how do you go to bed with a woman? And don't know who she is until the next morning. I mean, duh. You didn't say anything to each other? Did you blindfold her? Or did she blindfold you, whatever? But, you know, it's funny when you read it, but you, you wonder why would God put that in the scriptures, right? Have you ever wondered why would God put that in the scriptures? But you know you can live with somebody. And I might even stretch it to say you might live with a man. Be married to him for years, and he has no clue who you are. Never looks you in the face. I mean, I mean I'm not saying look. I mean, look at you. Doesn't know a, a thing about who you are. But that's not Jesus. He knows you. He knows you. And the good thing is he can do something about what he sees. All those secret pains and tears and just wanting somebody to just listen to me. I mean, listen to me. 
He wants me to tell you tonight, he's looking at you. And he's seeing you tonight. Amen. Amen. The next thing he did, after he saw her, the Bible says he called her to himself. He called her to himself. But see, he, that's Jesus. He could have said, Evelyn, you are healed in Jesus' name. But he called her. He called her in a synagogue that was filled with people. He called her to himself. He knew it was going to be difficult. I mean, she was not going to be able to walk like, you know, like we do. It's probably going to take her longer to even get up. And then she's going to have to like do this and just go slowly, very uncomfortable. She's probably very embarrassed because everybody now is really looking at her. But let me tell you something. God's deliverance is never meant to be convenient. God's deliverance for you is never meant to be convenient and on your own terms. After tonight, after this weekend is over, God is going to require you to do some things different. God is going to require you to make some changes. If you want God to really come in and do a new work in your life, and to change the things that you don't like, and to just make the, straight, uh, the crooked places straight, you might need to start changing some things. Because God will not bless mess. God doesn't bless mess. It's a different thing if you are in a mess, not by your doing, and you're trying to get out of it. But you are, if you are in a mess and you love the mess, but you still want God to come in a little bit, and then when he's done the good thing, look, go away, God, let me do my thing. He's not going to do that. So you're going to have to make some changes. You're going to have to start doing things that may not be very comfortable for you. You might have to go back to school if you really want that good job. You might have to learn how not to talk all the time if you're having fight all the time with your husband. You might, learn, you might just have to learn to just maintain peace and learn some scriptures on how to be a meek and gentle woman if all there is in your home is strife, strife, and strife. If your children don't want to have anything to do with you, you might want to start learning how to say, I love you, and not be so critical. You might have to make some changes here and there if you really want to see a deliverance in your situation. Amen? He called her to himself. What call is God making to you tonight? What is it telling you you have to do different? You know? What is it telling you that you have to do different for you to really receive what he has for you? He called out to himself. At this point, I'm going to go back to the story of Naomi and Ruth. And I'm going to read that, uh, Ruth 1, 19 to 20. It says, now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? But she said to them, do not call me Naomi. Naomi means my joy. She says, don't call me my joy. Call me Mara. And Mara means bitterness. She says, don't call me my joy. Call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home empty again. Why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me? 
She said to call her bitterness and not joy because this is a lady when she went from Jerusalem to the city of the Moabite city or to Moab, she went with her husband. She had two sons. Then when she got there, her sons got married. She had those two daughters-in-law, Ruth and Oprah. And at this point, her husband had died. Her two sons had died. And she said, you know what? She's lost everything. She said, I'm going to go back to Jerusalem. I'm going to go back. And Jerusalem means uh, city of uh, bread. City of bread. She said, I'm going to go back to where there's bread for my soul. I'm going to leave everything and go. I had influence. I had prestige. I had everything I needed. It's all gone. And I'm just going to go. Don't call me my, uh, uh, Naomi. Don't call me my Jew. Call me bitterness. And now I want you all to listen to me tonight, women, especially the older ones. And when I mean older ones, over 35 and above, you are in that, in that group, okay? Listen to me. When your roles change, because we go through seasons in life, when your roles change or the seasons in your life change, don't let that define who you are. Don't let the seasons you are going through define who you are. Your identity, your name doesn't have to change because your season has changed. If you were Mar- uh, Naomi with people, remain Naomi when they leave you. If you were Naomi when you were married, if he dies or if he leaves and there's a divorce, remain Naomi. Don't ever change your name Don't ever change your identity because of any human being. You're giving too much power to people when when you don't like yourself just because nobody likes you. Or you want to change your name and become bitter because of what has happened to you in life. That's too much power to give any human being. Don't ever do that. I had a friend one time. The son called me and said she was trying to kill herself because her husband left her. And she had tried to take some pills, excess, you know, just overdose on pills. And he called, she called me because I had been talking to her. And she, he called and said, I don't know what else to do, you know. She wouldn't bathe. She wouldn't brush her teeth. Her hair was all matted up. And it was at the time we were packing medications to go on a mission trip. And I was tired, you know. I was really tired. It was a long day. And he called me at probably around 7, 8. And I just didn't know what else to do. I was like, Lord, give me some wisdom here. And he just said, pick up a bag of pills. So that's what I did. I just picked up a bag of pills, got in my car, and I went to her place. Oh, I want to die. I want to die. I said, you want to die? Okay, what do you want to do? What do you want to kill yourself with? Oh, I'm just going to overdose. I'm going to take it. I said, okay. I brought some pills for you. Let's. <laughs> I called the boy. I said, bring a bottle of water. I said, let's, give her, let's, let's, let's do it right. I said, because if you take those pills, you might not die. I said, these ones will really kill you. So I, so I told him, and he, she was like, I said, I'm, I'm sick. I was like, I'm, I'm not joking. Do I, do I, you want to die? You will die tonight. And she was like, I'm like, is, is a man that important? For you to decide that your life is going to be over because your husband had an affair and left you, so your identity is completely wrapped up in a man and not in God? I told her, I said, you're crazy. 
You want to die? You will die. Why am I saying all of that? Don't change who you are because of anybody. Whether they are there, whether they leave, bye. Do your crying if you have to. But don't allow depression and don't become something that God didn't make you because of another human being. That's not, that's not life. So that's what Naomi did. She changed her name. She became bitter. But what she didn't realize and what you and I must realize is this. When God releases you from one season, it's because he has another one for you. Amen. I've come to know in ministry, since my husband and I have been in ministry now, I've come to learn how to hold things very lightly. Like this, very lightly. Before, it was the hardest for me. Men don't do what we do. Men don't stay married to people in the spirit when they've been divorced for like 10 years. No. You see women home. My, my, wife, my husband, he, he left me 10 years ago. He's married to somebody else. Having another family. You are not moving on because you are still married to him in the spirit. Does that make, I've, I've never, does anybody understand that? He's moved on. Because for men, if it's not happening in the flesh, it's not happening anywhere else. So he's gone on, and here you are. You don't, you don't want to move on with your life. You don't want to do anything else. Everybody that comes to you, the first thing you want to talk about is what happened to you before. Right? We have to learn as women to release people when it's time for them to go. If they were meant to be in your lives, the Bible says they were not, they didn't stay with us because they were not of us. If they were of us, they would have stayed with us. If they were not meant to be in your life, bye. And you move on. Because what happened if Naomi didn't get away from that bitterness and pour herself into Ruth, Ruth would die without fulfilling the role that God created for her to fulfill. So any woman here that you've had some bad things happen to you, let it go. Move into the new season God has for you and look for who God wants you to teach and use your pain to teach so that you can propel them into their destiny. There are a lot of younger women looking for mothers, looking for how, telling them, you know, I... I I had the same problems. I made the same mistake. I raised two children on my own. Come, honey, let me show you how how I did it. Let me show you how I did my budget, where I could take care of those two kids on one one income. Let me show you how it's done, honey. Pull them close to you and let them learn from you. Every one of us, you have younger women God has put in your life. We need more Naomi's. We need mothers. In the body of Christ, that will correct the young ones and not criticize them. And not tell, make them feel like they don't belong. God put you in their lives and put them in your lives so you can lead them. Thank God Naomi finally woke up and took Ruth. Even when she said, leave her, don't come with me. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Ruth said, I'm not going to go away. Thank God God opened her eyes and she took Ruth. Because if not, David wouldn't have been born. Solomon, all the way down to Jesus, because she learned to let go of her past and embrace her future. 
Amen. And then finally, going back to the woman that was at the synagogue. The last thing is Jesus healed her. Jesus saw her and he called her to him and said, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. You are loose, loose, not loose. He used a past tense. Because in all honesty, in all truth, she was already loose, but she just didn't know it. God is already taking care of everything you will ever need. You just have to know it. She was loose. He said, you are loosed from your infirmity. Everything that pertains to life and godliness, God is already giving it to you. And he's already giving it to us, to me, to us. All we must do is learn to walk in that. Amen? Raise your hands up. Let's worship the Lord tonight. Teresa, give me that music, please. Thank you, God. Everybody stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. We're going to put a song in. What I want you to do is just to worship. Just to worship the Lord. This is a safe place. If you want to come out here in the altar, do that. What I want to do tonight is to make sure nobody leaves here carrying any burden that you brought here with you. I want you to leave here tonight free. So if you want to come to the altar, do that. We're going to have the prayer partners in a little bit, but what I want is just let this song just wash over you. Amen.
you tonight, God. God, I would declare that we would never be the same, oh God. God, I would declare that every burden, oh God, every yoke is broken over us, oh God. Every plan of the enemy is destroyed in our lives, God. We worship you, God. We worship you, God. We worship you, God. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, we worship you here today, God. We are overcomers because you overcame for us. You overcame the grave, oh God. You are risen, oh God. You are alive, oh God. We sing hallelujah. Yes, we sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah, God. We are victorious. Yes, in the house of the Lord. If you have a need, if there's something going on, there's a sickness, there's a family problem, whatever it is, I want you to come out. Let's believe together. Let's just pray and agree and agree that in the name of Jesus, every problem will be taken care of. Amen. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. There is healing in the house. There is freedom in the house. There is freedom in the house. There is freedom. There is healing. If you need healing, if you need a touch, let's pray for you and agree with you tonight. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, if you need prayers, please come out. We have people that will pray and agree with you. There's nothing too hard for God. There's nothing is impossible with Him. Nothing is impossible. He can do everything. Amen. Thank you, Father, for healing your people tonight. Thank you, Father, for healing your daughters tonight, God. Father, we thank you, Father. Because there's never going to be the same. They're never going to be the same again, Lord. But I thank you because every burden is broken. Every bondage, every chain is broken in their lives, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. There are some people over here, yes. Come over here. 
Father. Thank you for healing your daughters tonight, Father. Thank you, God. We worship you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Every curse is broken. Every curse is broken. Every plan of the enemy is broken over your life in Jesus' name. What the enemy meant for evil, God is going to turn it around for your good. The purposes of God will be fulfilled in everyone that is standing here tonight. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We worship you, Lord. And if you are in the sanctuary, just raise your hands. Let's worship Him as we are praying for these people. Thank Him for what He's done in your life. Thank Him for being there for you. Thank Him that you know Him, that He opened your eyes to know Him. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that opened our eyes to the truth of the Word of God. Forever, Lord, you are King, O oh God. Forever you are risen, O oh God. We worship you tonight. Because you've risen, O oh God, we will rise above every situation in our lives. Because you are risen, we will rise above every obstacle, Father. Every plan of the enemy will rise above it. Because you are risen, O oh God. We give you praise and glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We worship you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Your daughters are healed, oh God. Thank you for doing a new thing in their lives, oh God. Father, I thank you for the new thing you are doing tonight, Father. I thank you for direction, oh God. I thank you for clarity, oh God. I thank you, oh God, that the scales have been taken off tonight, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father for doing a new work in our lives, God. Thank you that from tonight all things have become new, oh God. Everything is becoming new, oh God. All the hidden places are healed in Jesus' name. All the broken places are healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 